0: welcome to the If She Did It podcast. I'm your host, Becky Fagan, a business coach for beginner online entrepreneurs. Consider this podcast your go-to guide for all things scaling your business to your first 10k months. Get ready to be inspired through marketing, mindset, spirituality, and the stories of successful frontpreneurs. I'm so excited to have you here. Now let's dive in. Welcome back to the If She Did It podcast. This week, we're doing things a little differently. I've thought i always thought that it would be fun to have somebody come on and interview me on my own podcast, but I couldn't decide who to have do it. Well, we're in quarantine. (laughs) I am living with my parents and my sister, and my sister just happened to get this really cool new podcast mic for her own podcast, and I said, why don't we take this opportunity for you to interview me? So today I have my sister Sarah on the podcast and she's going to be interviewing me but before we get started I'm going to let her introduce herself because that would be awkward if y'all didn't even know anything about her and she just started interviewing me so um
1: hey Sarah hello (laughs) Sarah sorry I feel like I'm doing ASMR with this microphone um I love every second of it hi Becky's friends
0: (laughs) My friends, they're my listeners, Sarah. I mean, I guess they're my friends.
1: I feel like it's nicer to call them your friends. I like it. Okay, they're my friends. (laughs) I think that that's really polite to call them your friends. So, I guess a bit about myself so that you guys know a thing or two about me, so you're not just like, who is this lady? Um, I'm a photographer and a journalist and a photo editor, so my day job, I um, edit photos and do all that fun stuff for a media outlet, and I also interview celebrities and musicians and i write articles about the royal family and like all that fun stuff um and i also have my own podcast called name three songs where my friend jenna and i talk about um stereotypes within the music industry like music fans and all that sort of stuff and we kind of poke a bit of fun at men um (laughs) and just like stereotypes uh in music and all that fun stuff so you guys should check that out too but this is about becky now (laughs) and i have some hard-hitting questions for her with my journalism degree um so beck i think that we should just start this off as if your listener might not know that much about you so can you explain to those who might not fully understand like what exactly it is that you do
0: yeah so what it is that i do um essentially i work primarily with those that are just getting started in their business typically coaches and other online service providers, so like virtual assistants, online business managers. Um, as I've gotten more confident in my ability as a coach, I, you know, am I have worked with some illustrators and all different kinds of service providers as long as they're trying to utilize the online space to grow their business. And I help them build a solid foundation. So making sure that they're confident in showing up as a business owner because as fun as it might sound to start a business using Instagram, it's not just fun and games, it is actually hard work. Um, so really, really honing in on their mindset and then building out a personal brand um, because when you're when you're building a business online to really be able to scale, you need to really have a brand persona and be known as something online. You can't just kind of, um, flow beneath the surface. (laughs) You need to be known in some capacity um, to really scale consistently. And then I help them with all things marketing, launching, sales, to be able to work with their dream clients. And a a big piece of it as well is building their confidence so that they feel empowered to um, show up and coach or provide whatever service it is that they provide um, consistently and effectively for their clients. Um, and then another piece,
1: well, I had a thought of another
0: piece (laughs) about my business, but it just, it just slipped my mind. So,
1: so do you mainly focus on Instagram or do you also help people utilize like Facebook or Twitter or other social media uses or is your ideal client somebody who's mainly trying to sell what they're doing on Instagram? And why?
0: So I think that, personally, Instagram is a really, really great platform to start on. The way that I see Instagram, it's it's essentially an opportunity to um, delay paying thousands of dollars to build a website. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there comes a time in your business where a website is really necessary and that opens up the opportunity for SEO and all that kind of stuff. But I think that Instagram is a really great platform to start on because you have the opportunity to reach people really quickly, really easily to, to some degree, you know, and it's an easy way to build relationships. And I think that relationship building is really important Mm
1: -hmm. for
0: getting your business off of the ground. Um, and it gets to be like a mini portfolio for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people think that you have to be an illustrator, a photographer or something to have a portfolio, but in reality, you know, my Instagram, it becomes a portfolio. It becomes a way for me to build my brand persona. But on top of that, somebody that's considering working with me can scroll through my Instagram and not only see clients commenting on my post talking about how, you know, how much they've enjoyed working together, mm-hmm. but they can also see how much value I provide in my content, receive some sort of micro transformation within that content if they apply what is taught mm-hmm. and then realize, wow, this is the, I If I'm getting this for free, I can only imagine what paying her would do for my business. So it becomes like a portfolio.
1: So, so do you use Instagram in a way as though it was like an old school blog? So like cuz when i view, when i look at your posts as somebody who isn't involved in this industry or anything like it like i see a cute photo sometimes the photo has like more information on it than just a picture but then it's like a very long post and so is it using it as a blog or are or is each post kind of like an ad or how would you explain it
0: i don't really think that there's a direct uh, correlation in my opinion to mm-hmm. what it is i am oh i re- i now remember what i was wanting to say before and it comes in here is that i really try and um re- release the clunky corporate mindset mm-hmm. in my coaching and in my business and in the industry in general like for example the concept of ideal client that feels so clunky target market ideal client like it sounds like i'm in a boardroom talking to a marketing team in a corporate uh, business and I don't love that so for example I really talk about your dream client who do you dream of waking up and getting to work with every single day so taking the clunkiness out of it so the reason that I feel like that that fits here is that um, I don't really think that there's a direct correlation mm-hmm. um, it does in some capacity um, parallel a blog post that being said as an ex blogger myself i would hope that there would be more in a blog post you know yeah, it's yeah, like of a, it's it's a mini like an excerpt yeah it's like a mini thing that's either supposed to inspire provide a mini transformation um show people what's possible there's there's marketing and intention behind every single post and in some capacity you could consider it almost like an ad utilizing Instagram without paying for ads is essentially free marketing right and yeah. you're you're um you're choosing to build relationships instead of paying for ads
1: so is your goal as a business coach to teach your clients how to utilize Instagram without spending money on it because I know once you do spend money, they kind of are like, you have to keep spending money or else you're kind of a- SOL.
0: Yeah, I personally don't believe in paid ads. Yeah. Um, I think that there comes a point where it can be valuable. But with paid ads comes knowing how to write copy in the right way for the paid ads to be effective. Mm-hmm. That usually comes down to hiring an ads copywriter, which means you need money to pay the ads copywriter and you need money to pay for the ads. Yeah. And I just, there's better ways in my opinion and cheaper ways to grow a business off the, off the ground. And you can use ads down the line if you want to. So it's all about um, organic marketing, no paid ads. And the other thing I want to just circle back on really quickly, because the initial question was, do I only use Instagram? Do I only teach Instagram? I think that Instagram is step one. And do I focus? Okay, whatever it was, something (laughs) along those lines. So I start with Instagram. And then once I have clients that, you know, continue to work with me and they've mastered Instagram, we expand onto different platforms from there. Because Mm -hmm. I really think that Instagram is the first focus. And you don't want to overwhelm yourself by spreading yourself too thin.
1: And so are there different... Like, outside of Instagram, are there social medias that you would suggest to different types of clients? Like, if you have, let's say, an illustrator that you're working with and you also have, like, a fitness coach that you're working with, would you push the illustrator towards Pinterest and the fitness coach towards Facebook? Or does everything work for everyone? I think Instagram is a good starting point for anyone. No, I'm saying after Instagram. like. Oh, I see, I
0: see. I personally, again, I think it's, it's a mixture of things. So my... My most experience is in, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and then TikTok. You know, we, mm-hmm. I, I'm still deci- I understand it. I'm just deciding if I think it's actually an effective marketing plan for coaches and stuff. But. Um, you know, I, I understand Pinterest, but I still think that for the most part, Facebook is, is the best next step. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you scale larger, mainly because I think that Instagram and Facebook are the easiest platforms. Mm-hmm. Once you get to Pinterest, I feel like to be really successful, you either need a lot of time or you need a higher help. Yeah. And so I just, I, I think that Pinterest is amazing and it's really... Um, once you get to pinterest it's like okay well now you should probably be blogging now you should probably have a website so i feel like a lot comes into it Mm -hmm. you can't really pinterest if you don't have a website
1: yeah so um and so at what point in working with a client do you say like okay i think that you're ready you should have a website i think that it'll help you I mean, I don't. I'm I'm there to coach my clients and support
0: them in whatever they want. So if a client comes to me and they're just starting their business and they are insistent on having a website, I'm not going to stop them, right? If they no, but what if they're not? Like, what if they're just like I I believe I trust you. I
1: believe. I'm putting you all it of my. Yeah. I'm putting
0: everything into you. Tell me what to do, and I will do it. Yeah. Um, like I guess, ideal. <laughs> I guess the way I see it, from somebody that has half asked a lot of things because <laughs> I wanted to get around paying for things mm-hmm. um, for as long as possible, I am now seeing that that. Is not the best way to do business, and it is worth it to spend some money in the beginning, mm-hmm. or you spend what you have to in the beginning, and then you prioritize as you build. So, I, I it's hard to say in terms of you know a money price point or something where you're at, but in reality, like to get a really like powerful website up and running it's going to cost you a little bit of money, right? So I think it really depends on when somebody's ready to make that investment. There are ways to get around that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it would either be um, at a point where my client is at consistent income months and they want a website and they're already using Instagram, they're already using Facebook, they're ready to expand from there. Mm -hmm. Or if we've done everything, we've tried Facebook, we've tried Instagram, we've tried TikTok and we've tried all these platforms and for some reason it's 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 not, it's not clicking for them yeah. something's not working i don't think that that means that they're not if, if they feel in their heart and soul that they're meant to have a business they're meant to have a business it's just that there's still something that's not working for them so maybe we haven't found that platform mm-hmm. so if that was the case where you've tried everything and nothing seems to be working i would say okay, we should probably see, you know, whether it's a website so you can blog or a podcast so we can hear your voice or YouTube. We would, we probably, we probably, Sage, can you let her out? We, we would probably need something to, um, to, to expand to a new kind of, reach, I guess you can say, um, because whatever we've tried so far didn't stick the way we wanted it to.
1: Okay, that makes sense. And so, I mean, is there an ideal type of person that you're looking for when you are taking on clients where like, I don't know. Do you want people to already have some experience or do you want somebody who's just coming into this being like, I used to work this other job. This isn't, it wasn't what I wanted. I think I'm ready to like, I have an idea. Like, are you trying to like mold someone or do you want somebody who already has like a full, like something that's already been tried rather than somebody who just comes to you and is like, here's my sheet of paper with my idea. I don't know what to do with it.
0: I've had both. Mm -hmm. I've had clients that, um, are A little bit further along, I've had clients that are start with nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I'm not picky if they want a business to be successful and they're ready to put their all mm-hmm. into it and they click with me and they love what I do and they they I light their soul on fire, then they are the perfect dream client for me and I'm here mm-hmm. for it. Um, as long as we click that, as long as I, we click and they're ready to do the work, I am here for it. I am and then in terms of you know do i only work with beginners that is my focus and to me a beginner is really anyone that's not bringing consistent is not seeing consistency in their business because we need consistency. I used to say anybody not making $10,000 a month in their business, but in reality, some people don't want to make that kind of money, which is fine. In my opinion, it's kind of hard to not make that at least $10,000 a month as Mm -hmm. like your consistent base. And then if you want to scale from there because of taxes, because of, you know, hiring coaches, hiring, outsourcing, all that kind of stuff. I think that that's, you know, a realistic, uh, monthly income when you're an entrepreneur.
1: Um, but you know, some people don't want all that and that's fine. Uh, so it's that kind of money, just, like, as somebody who works a 9-to-5 job, who would, that would be insane mm-hmm. to even think of that. So are you saying that that kind of money is something that is necessary to be an entrepreneur because you need to, like, pay other people to do stuff? Well, I'm not saying it's necessary, but just to give you a,
0: an idea, right, when you're... Um when you're making $10,000 a month you want to put away at least 30 well, yeah, so you, you want to put away like 30% taxes. for taxes mm-hmm. so that means you only you're making 7,000 a month and when you multiply that by 12 that's $84,000 a year that's not even a six that's not even making six figures right yeah. so 84,000 a year in some in some industries that's is totally normal yeah is totally
1: normal so but are you just like suggesting that that's what people should aim for because they're going to have to pay out for other things. Nobody has to do
0: anything, right? Like you get to do whatever you want it yeah. to a business. But, um, if you, if you're looking to build an, you know, an empire, which a lot of entrepreneurs are, they have yeah. really big dreams. That's, you know, that's the level when you're bringing in consistent 10 K months, it becomes easier to hire out and to invest. Yeah. Um, because you have more money right if it's just you when when you have seven thousand dollars a month if you're paying out you know two thousand dollars for a coach now mm-hmm. you're down
1: to five thousand if you need a VA because you're you're trying to scale now you're out at least 500. Yeah. So at what point do you think that somebody is ready to start taking on like technically employees? So like people who do stuff for them?
0: Oh my gosh. I feel like I was talking about something and you interrupted me to ask a question and I didn't finish a thought, but I don't even remember (laughs) where we were at. So anybody listening to this, I'm sorry. And if you... Sorry,
1: I'm a professional interviewer. I like to put people on the spot.
0: (laughs) Some might also call it just... um... problem interrupting but that's that's fine too (laughs) um but that's not it's fine if if i didn't finish something and you're curious where i was trying to go with something just send me (laughs) send me a dm on instagram and i will follow up i will finish the thought um when is somebody ready to hire? I feel like we're getting advanced and my audience is primarily beginners, but when is somebody
1: ready to hire? It depends if you're thinking, um, well, I just mean, I feel like if somebody's listening to this and they're interested in what you do and like all that sort of stuff, I just feel like going into something, even if you are a beginner, knowing like what the steps your potential coach is like ready and willing to help you take I think it's helpful so I feel like knowing like what your stance is on like when somebody might possibly be ready to like hire a VA or like hire somebody to do certain things for them I feel like that could be helpful for someone just to be like okay if I hire Becky I know that she's like not gonna tell me that I don't need it
0: okay so don't let me let me finish this thought
1: Don't, don't interrupt me on this so essentially
0: um You know because you're my sister, but I didn't, like, skyrocket to success, right? You always see – well, you probably don't because you're not in this industry. But in this industry, you often see six figures in six months. I had my first 10K month after two months in my business. Like, crazy numbers, right? So I don't really like to look at the – like, to – Base my success off of my numbers. That being said, it is known that I hit six figures in sixteen months in my business. Possibly mm-hmm. a couple months earlier because I forgot to keep track of the first couple months in my business, but it's fine. Um, so sixteen months in my business. So that feels really possible. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like something that's so hard to to reach and yeah. so unattainable. So what I find is that my clients that I that I attract, they happen, they they are go getters, and they're also um, a little hesitant to invest money. They're mm-hmm. very similar to me, right? So for me, I wanted a VA from the start, but I was terrified to spend the money. You oh, you hear these um, these crazy stories of coaches that immediately they start their business and they hire, they, they join a mastermind for like $40,000. Mm-hmm. I would never, I would mm-hmm. never. I, I The first time I paid a coach like a couple thousand, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go throw up now. So, you know, they're more... Um, they're they're willing to do the work on their own until they can't anymore, yeah. which is what I was like. So I was at a point, I just recently, I, I had hired a VA a couple months ago or probably like six, probably seven months ago at this point, um, but I wasn't ready yet. I just mm-hmm. kind of felt a little bit pressured to get one um, and I didn't know what to have her do. So we were doing things and it was great and it was really helpful, but at the same time I was like, is this really necessary? So I took a break and, and now it's August of 2020 and I finally was like, you know what, I need help. And I ended up hiring an accountant who's also a bookkeeper. And then I hired a a VA. Um, But, you know, that took me a while to be comfortable to do. And I'm somebody that I will personally do the work until I absolutely can't because I want the money for myself personally. (laughs) Um, I want to make as much money as possible for myself before I have to hire out. Um, But it was time. So it's really up to anybody. Like my clients, I'm very much like I'm there to support them and guide them as needed. And I'm not going to tell them when they have to do something. Sometimes, you know, you're overwhelmed that you need to hire out before you're ready. And sometimes you want to do it all on your own. So I scaled to consistent 10K months without having any help. That's just what I did. That doesn't mean that everybody else wants to do that. Um... Some people hire out way before I did, and so it's hard, again, like, to give you a solid number, but it's essentially, I think, I'm very I'm, I'm, very into, like, the intuitive stuff, right, and spirituality and stuff, and I think it's really intuitive in that, like, you know when it's time. You know when you can't do it on yeah. your own anymore.
1: That makes sense. And so, I mean, speaking just about being an entrepreneur and that sort of thing like what made you decide to follow this life plan instead of the one that you originally were taking which I guess was kind of doing something similar working in social media but I don't really it just yeah how did you wind up here
0: I mean my initial plan was to become the editor-in-chief of travel and leisure magazine yeah but that was
1: like a dream I mean
0: Possible, totally possible. But I decided (laughs) I didn't initially go to college as a journalism major, right? So I was like, University of Kentucky is great, but I mean, like, there's also like NYU and like some really amazing journalism schools. And so, um, I just maybe I maybe imposter syndrome before I even knew what that was came out of me. But I was like, I'm not even going to apply for a journalism job outside out of college. I'm just Mm -hmm. going to, um go into social media and stay in Kentucky and work at Bourbon Distillery, which was super cool. But so a couple of things. First of all, I don't know if you remember this, but as a kid, I would watch HDTV for hours and just yeah. dream of the day that I would have an income property. Mm-hmm. So essentially, I've been wanting to be an entrepreneur my entire
1: life. And then, Well, she didn't know what an income property was because that's not the type of shows that we were watching. That's not true.
0: I literally watched Flip a show. Flip did not no, exist until we no, were older. Not that one. I literally watched a show where this guy came, helped you buy a house with the intention it had it always had like a basement or something with the intention of remodeling he didn't help you remodel your part of the house it did it did Sarah okay whatever but (laughs) even before that I wanted to run I wanted to own a horse farm yeah (laughs) I I I remember you I wanted to to I wanted to your
1: friends you and your friends are gonna (laughs) buy Thompsons okay
0: (laughs) I wanted to own a horse farm and I wanted to run a horse farm so I've always had this whether I knew what it was or not I always wanted to really be an entrepreneur um and Then when I was working at the distillery, doing their social media, I would come, they would have me come into certain meetings that, you know, whether I should have been there or not is beside the point, but they were a startup. And I would, I remember calling our dad on the way home from work on those days being like, I hope none of them watch, listen to this. I remember, (laughs) I remember driving home from work and calling dad and being like, I can probably run this distillery better than them. Like, I don't see how they don't see this. And I would talk him through it and he would be like, yes, that makes a lot more sense. But unfortunately, you are a 21, 22-year-old and it's not your say. And I'm like, well, it should be. So I realized that I had a knack for this, right? And then I started seeing, you know, my college – one of my college roommates. She was starting a business and I was like, well – You know, I feel like I can, I I was getting jealous. I'm not going to lie. And I've said that before. And I was like, I could probably do that. And then remember, I left the distillery and I was doing content strategy for that travel brand. And long story short, they didn't get permission to hire me from their investors. So they had to let me go after two months. And at that point, I was ready to do, I was used to working remotely. I had Sage. I didn't want to go into an office. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to have a commute. I didn't want to have to rely on my job to determine where I lived. Yeah. Um, so I sat down with Daddy and I decided I was going to start a business. And here we are.
1: Has it been worth it?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a long pause. Yes, it was. it's absolutely been worth it. It has been worth it for many reasons, especially the fact that I was crazy depressed most of 2019. And it would have been really hard to have to get up and go to work in an office every single day when I was dealing with that.
1: I mean, you took lots of different steps and backward steps to get to the point of being like a business coach. And so how did you wind up at this title like I do at helping people create their businesses from like what you started doing so it's actually funny when I started as a social media manager
0: I hired a one-on-one coach and I told her probably in like our second meeting I was like I really want to be a business coach one day Mm -hmm. like from the get-go that's what I wanted because you know looking back I've always wanted to be at the top like that's just what I've always wanted to be at the top so um I really want to be a business coach, and I told her that, and I said, but I feel like I have to have this successful social media management agency before. So it, all why? of Why? Why did I feel like that needed to happen? Yeah. Um, to prove that I could run a successful business. So yourself? Um, at the time, I felt that it was to prove to others, because I... Recognize, And to this day, this is an issue, to be honest, in the space of people just come out of nowhere and just declare they're a business coach. And I'm like, yeah. from who? Says who? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. How? And anybody can come on and, and say that. And I didn't want to be like that. I wanted to have the experience, the knowledge to back myself up because... It doesn't matter that I was a business minor. It doesn't matter that as a journalist these days, you are bred to have to to be able to be, do everything, right? You, yeah. As a journalist, you need to know how to run your own social media. You need to build a personal brand. You need to do all this stuff to be, be successful and actually be somebody in journalism these days. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter that I had that knowledge and that experience because... The online space is totally different. Sales online, and that's something that I didn't have experience in, right? What sales online mm-hmm. is totally different than phone sales or anything else. Marketing online, when it's a biz- your business, is very different than when it's somebody else's. Like, it's all just so different. So I felt that way, and my coach was like, Becky, that's not true. If you want to do it, then do it. And I was like... <sighs> I don't know. And so I started toying with this idea of maybe I could do like Instagram marketing coaching. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what I can do. And I still continue to do social media management. And I was like, I can do it all. Like I can do both. That's fine. I have different streams of income. Mm -hmm. Um, But I never got on like I never really got social media management clients that I that I really liked they never really? lasted because it just wasn't a fit I never really? really even knew what I wanted to be who I wanted to be working with it was just really yeah. hard as a social media manager and as much as I like to write it's like exhausting to have to write in so many people's so many different people's voices like it just yeah. isn't for me and I'm not a back of house person like yeah. I like attention I'm not gonna lie so I need to be front and center
1: and so off of that um so you're you really good at branding yourself and like your clients feel like like you said before that somebody has said that like the fact that you are so comfortable like in yourself and like wearing sweats and all that stuff in your stories has like really stood out to them and like kind of been part of why people wanted to hire you so like how at what point did you realize that you being a slob was a brand and honestly <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Um, But no, how did you realize that like you could just turn your personality into a brand and like what made you figure out how to do that properly? Because you've done it really well. Yeah. So first of all, I've worked pretty much
0: nonstop with coaches yeah. Since I started my business, so I've learned a lot, like a lot, a lot, and I recognized that people were themselves, right, or what they wanted them people to know them as, yeah, um, and. I don't know if you remember, but when I was blogging before I started my business, I I don't think anyone listened to me. I don't think anybody cared. The second Instagram stories came out, though, I was on that. I was on that and I was showing up and I was chatting about nothing and no one gave a shit, but I kept going. So that just kind of like followed me. I never really cared when it came to online. That was always my safe space, right? I was on live journal. Like that was how I was. That's how I was like petty to my friends in elementary school, right? Like remember me yeah, and my okay. friends, we would all like talk shit about each other in our live journal.
1: <laughs> it's embarrassing. This is back in the day when it was normal. Instead of writing this and that, you'd be like that and this because you were cool. Oh
0: my God, Sarah, <laughs> stop. Um, and then, you know, my uh, MySpace and Tumblr and all the things. So... I've always just felt safe online. Not that, okay, let me back up for a second. No one was bullying anybody. Well, I, I don't think I was. Maybe other people were. I don't remember. I, I really don't, but I wasn't bullying anybody. I would just be like, um, for for safety precautions, I won't say their real names, but I'd be like, Rose was so mean to me in school today, and Caitlin didn't defend me, and it really hurt my feelings.
1: And all your friends in real life followed you on LiveJournal? None of my real life friends knew me on the internet. Yeah. The most important <laughs> ones did so weird to me because i feel like i feel like your internet experience and my internet pr- experience are so wildly different because like there are maybe like three or f- maybe like two or three people from like real the real world who like knew me online no and then everyone else were like these people I never met and then would meet eventually and wound up being friends and some of them are still my friends to this day but that's just so funny
0: live journal my friends knew well some of my friends knew and then myspace only my camp friends only my camp friends I didn't even know you
1: had myspace um,
0: I'm sorry. We're no, going off topic. Not MySpace, Tumblr, but yeah, let's let's circle back to the topic yeah, at hand brand, here. Branding. Um, right. Okay. So branding. <laughs> so, um, I've always kind of just, like I said, not cared. Is my point. I've not cared what other people think about me online. Um, from day one, I kind of was like this. I'll never forget the first time I posted a Instagram story after I started my business when I was in my robe. Daddy called and like got so frustrated with me being like you're supposed to
1: serious yeah
0: he was like you need to be professional on social media what are you doing and I was like I don't think you understand the person I'm targeting like this is who I should be online and so it was a back and forth and finally you know two years later I'm successful and they've dropped it but for the longest time (laughs) my dad would ask me like why are you in the damn robe um I just don't care. Like I got like, I don't care. I want to be clear that when I say I don't care, it's I don't care what people think of me. I am smart. I have knowledge to give. I have my clients are proof that I I can help somebody start a successful business. Um, And I can do that in my sweats without a bra on. And that's what I'm going to do. I hate bras.
1: So was there ever any point that you felt like maybe at the beginning that it wasn't working and that dad was right? and that looking not professional was a bad choice or was never. It, really? I, ne- I mean, there were things that I was like, this doesn't feel like it's working, but it was
0: never the fact that I wasn't dressed up. Yeah. Um, no, and I, like I said, I, I just have never cared what people think. In college or even in high school, when you took a photo with a friend and you looked really – as long as I didn't feel that I looked like – I mean, I know that people shouldn't care about this, but, you know, people have body – issues and as long as I didn't feel that I looked fat I didn't give a shit what I looked like I can look drunk out of my mind I can look I can have the most horrific face on and I would be like tag me
1: (laughs) tag me in that and so like off of that just like how did you decide like how to market yourself properly so that people look at you and know certain things are your brand like can you give me an example? So, like, the thing with, like, your client said about the sweatshirts, but also I just feel like when I look at your page, I, like, think of, like, I don't know, like, springtime and purple.
0: <laughs> so, it's all strategic, right? People sometimes well, yeah. don't realize that you are you have, like, the, there's there's strategy behind all of this. So, with the sweatshirts and stuff... <laughs> that's that's a mixture of a couple of things. That's simply because I literally get on sales calls yeah, in sweatshirts, and I show up on my stories in sweatshirts. I rarely have makeup on, especially during the summer, and all that kind of stuff. But the other piece with the sweatshirts thing is the fact that one of my clients, literally who's an illustrator, called out the cons. The fact that part of why she hired me was that I was um, I was selling her a multiple four figure investment in a sweatshirt and no makeup, and she loved that. Um, and then she expanded on that by creating me without me asking but I love it creating a gif that literally says something along the lines of making sales and sweats or something like that so that's that's the sweatshirt thing but it's also about talking about it consistently recognizing you want to be known for that just choosing something anything Mm -hmm. and being like this is what I want to be known for in terms of my personality and then in terms of my um, feed that was a little bit accidental but at this point it's on purpose I've intentionally Mm -hmm. continued this way and that you like to photograph outside and you take my photos. So we always photograph. And when we, when recently in the past couple of years when we're together, we're usually at a family's house or at our parents' house and it's not near a city. Yeah. So grass, trees, yeah. flowers. And I started looking at my clothes and stuff and I realized, okay, most of my clothes are bright colors and most of my clothes have like butterflies and flowers and that kind of stuff. My nicer clothes at least. And I said, well, why don't I, why don't I like go with this? Um, yeah. so I bought more clothes with butterflies and more clothes with flowers and more clothes with the purples and the blues and that kind of a thing. And I was intentional about it. Whenever I buy my clothes, I'm like, is this on brand? Like I literally asked myself that.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's really smart. And I mean, like, is that one of kind of like the pillars that you teach your clients is about how to make themselves a brand and like...
0: Yes, because we're trying to build empires. Yeah. So did I cut you off? No. Okay. We're trying, we're trying to build empires. So it's all about building a brand that can be recognizable and being recognizable is what allows you to build consistency because it builds visibility, um... And visibility leads to consistency because if you're visible and people are seeing you and people are seeing your message, you're bound to sell.
1: And so is that one of the first things you would teach a client is being like, you like you need to get on Instagram and make people know who you are so that when they think of, when they like see like a black and white cookie, they think of you. Oh my God, no, I want a black
0: and white cookie. <laughs> um, yeah. So when, when I have a client that's just getting started and they join my beginner program, The very first thing is mindset. We have to focus on mindset first. It's so important. And then the next thing, before we even determine who our dream client is or what we're even doing, is our branding. And people think that we need to know what we're doing before we build our brand, and that's actually not the case um, because we inherently and intuitively, we know what we want to be. We we know who we are. We know what we want to be known for. We know what we have strong opinions around. Yeah. and then we, we branch out from there. And in the brand, I mean, I guess when you're building your brand, right, you're also determining who you are, what you do, right? So if yeah. you don't know. But when it comes to somebody joining my program, the one thing that they need is they need to know what they want to do. And if they don't know what they want to do, but they know they want to do something, then our sales call consists of me helping them figure out what they want to do because I'm not going to have somebody pay me thousands of dollars when they don't even actually know what they're passionate about yet. Yeah. That doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. No, definitely. I think that that's really that's really good and I feel like that's a really good message to like send to people because I feel like as a photographer who like works with bands and stuff or just more so as a journalist who does a lot of stuff with music like if I get sent like a PR briefing about a band that's new and like they don't their Instagram looks like shit I'm like they don't I'm like they don't care I'm like they have no interest in their band being taken seriously because the first thing most people are gonna check is unfortunately Instagram even with music it's like if you especially if like a PR is like oh like here's like just a SoundCloud link like I'm gonna go look at their Instagram before I Listen to their music and if I can't tell what their vibe is I have no interest so I think that that's really good and really cool that like you focus on something like that
0: yeah it's important
1: um okay so I guess I have like one final big question which is like based off of everything that like has happened this year um because this has been like the most ridiculous year in the whole world I mean do you see like online, jobs like entrepreneurship like skyrocketing and like where do you feel like you belong in that
0: oh my gosh (laughs) this concept actually gives me so much anxiety because people have such strong opinions and there's a lot of people that say things like the coaching industry is going to implode or blah 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 like all this negative shit and i'm like you're saying that and the people that are saying that are usually the people at the top of the industry
1: that what well you don't have to be a coach to be an online entrepreneur.
0: Well, I'm, I'm getting there.
1: <laughs> well, no, I, I understand. I knew that. You, I, I'm just saying that. Like, I don't know why that would scare people. Like personally, when I would think that it's like if people are trying to get into the into like entrepreneurship more, that people who are already coaches would be getting tons more clients. I would think that that would excite people.
0: Well, yeah, and but so what's happening is that a lot of coaches come in. And decide they want to be... Well, a lot of people come in and decide they want to be a coach and they don't have the experience to back it up. Um, and so that's kind of where the coaches at the top are coming from where they're saying it's going to implode because um, if people don't know what they're doing, it can't really last, right? So, so I mean... I personally see, the, the reason I brought that up even is to say that, you know, if you're hearing that, don't let that get to you because it's, po- is it possible? Yeah. Can any business implode at any point? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But why would we spend our days stressing over that when we have no idea what's to come? Um, so the way I see it, I mean, it's, it's, my business has only catapulted since coronavirus. Um, I mean, coronavirus sucks, but in terms of the online space, it's really, um, it's been beneficial. It's been fantastic. So I only see the online space um, opening up for more jobs, more opportunities, because as I continue to bring on clients, those are more coaches wanting to start. If there is a market if there's if there's a market for me in terms of clients coming on to want to work with me, mm-hmm. that means that they see a market in the, the needs of their ideal clients. Yeah. Which means that if if that's the case, then that means that there's going to continue to be more coaches coming on, more people wanting to hire coaches, whether in in the industry as entrepreneurs or everyday people that want, you know, a health coach or a fitness coach or a mindset coach or whatever. Um, and then on top of that, as though as coaching Positions as, as people continue to become coaches, then there's more need for online business managers, for virtual assistants, for graphic designers, for podcast managers, for all these different things. And then on top of that, like even outside of this world, there are so many online jobs, like yeah. beyond the coaching industry and that kind of a thing. So I just think it's going to continue to scale and and skyrocket. I don't I don't really see a downward. I don't really see a tank here because people are just seeing how fantastic. Um, the online space is and what the opportunities out there. And I also think that the younger generations are a lot more independent and they don't really want to be confined to a desk. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a remote job or starting their own business, they they want to do their own thing.
1: That was very informative. This whole thing has been very informative. (laughs) I feel like I know so much more about you and I should have interviewed you for your podcast five months ago so I knew what the hell you've been doing this whole time because Becky's weirdly secretive about her job I'm
0: not secretive I just you know, she thinks I
1: don't get it so she's like I'm not gonna tell you you won't understand it's just <laughs>
0: difficult I, after working all day I'm just like I just want to plop on the couch and not talk
1: so this has been fun <laughs> thanks for your time thanks for joining me on my podcast Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, do you see how loud your laugh is? Look, it's just like... I know, Trust. it's so loud. I, I popped the mic earlier because I was laughing so hard during my podcast You evening. pop the mic probably right now. Probably. I was shit-talking Ashton Irwin, if anybody wants to come listen to that.
0: Sarah, <laughs> stop shamelessly plugging your podcast.
1: That's what podcasts are for, to shamelessly plug your podcast on other people's podcasts. Okay, well, thank
0: you, Sarah Fagan, for interviewing me today. I very much appreciate it. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this. This is, this is is not what i was expecting i don't know what i was expecting but it was fun um this is one of my longest podcasts but i can talk about myself for hours so <laughs> so it's fine we we can keep going but she has to go cook dinner so she's like i'm done um it's fine so this has been fun y'all probably understand me and my personality even better see you sarah i'll just close this out no it's i'm no i'm being serious um i'm not even gonna crop this out this is so fun i love it um so thank you for listening to this week's podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if any of you are listening and, and wanting to start your business, please go learn about the Abundant Business Academy. That is my beginner program. The link is in the show notes. There are also links to my freebie. So the High Ticket Hacker, that is a free resource that is amazing. It's like 25 pages long. It's so good. And then once you get the High Ticket Hacker or you know, even before that, there's a High Ticket Hacker Masterclass, which is basically the freebie, times 10 in terms of value and information and it's amazing it's a great step if you're not ready to fully hire a coach yet um And yeah, and and join my Facebook group, The Abundant Business Babes with Becky Fagan. So many ways to connect, so many ways to get access to me, um, all different levels, free, slightly paid, very much paid, whatever whatever you feel good about. But I'm here to serve you and support you and, and guide you in your business. And I hope that you enjoyed. And I will see you next week on the If She Did It podcast.